Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Back and better than ever, Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. And candidly, we couldn't be busier. From the frying pan to the fire, Wentz headed to Washington. Nets headed to Philly. Baseball headed nowhere fast. The hashtag crew is here. Let's go. Here we go. Only one place to start. You don't want the first time you're playing in Philly to be in the playoffs here. You want to go out there and feel that hostility and get used to it, take it. Philadelphia fans are never going to forget this the rest of his career. First time you had that type of adversity. They can't keep hiding, Vincent. Here we go. The moment, the biggest trade that I've seen happen in sports in a long time took place. This was the day that we circled on the calendar. March 10th, tonight, the Brooklyn Nets and... Ben Simmons, in some fashion, head to Philadelphia to face the music and face the Sixers. And joining me here to talk about it in studio with the Straight Talk, brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless, no contract, no compromise. Monica McNutt and Brian Windhorst, good enough to hang out after doing Get Up this morning. Guys, thank you both very much. And, and Wendy, let me start with you just on the facts. What do we expect from Simmons tonight? Meaning, what role do we expect him to play? Well... I'll believe when he, that he's on the bench when he's on the bench. Mm-hmm. I know that everyone said that's going to happen. I know that he's trying to go ahead and take the, the incoming flack and try to put some of it in the past. I'll believe it when I see it. To me, the question's going to be, how does Philly in the arena handle it? Because I remember being at the LeBron return game. In Cleveland. In, in mm-hmm. 2010. The first one, yep. They were putting him on the scoreboard. They were, you know, the, the, you know, now granted he was on the court, so it was a little bit different. Yeah. Does Simmons come out pregame? Does he come out during the national anthem in the dark? You know, there's a, it's a, it's a whole sideshow for the first 10, 15 minutes. I don't think I've ever seen anything like this where there's been focus on a guy who's going to be sitting, I assume, behind the bench for a game. You know, Monica gave us her notes on tonight's game, and you had one prediction that I thought was particularly funny. Yeah, I think some Philadelphia fan is going to lose their arena privileges tonight because <laughs> there's just so much emotions in this. I was, almost, I was texting a friend like, do you think they're taking wagers on an item being tossed on the floor? I Listen, I'm not encouraging this behavior, but I do think that this is a very, very unique situation. Green, you kicked it off. I think a lot of people see this as one of the biggest blockbuster trades, especially if you are a fan of Philly, which is a great sports town. Yeah, I, and I'll, I'll say this. I've said this a million times. It is a tragedy that this even needs to be said out loud. Mm -hmm. If you're a fan of the game tonight and you want to wear out a long, booing Ben Simmons, God bless you. I love it. If you do anything beyond that, if you do anything that actually interferes with the game itself or in any way jeopardizes the safety of any person, then the problem is you. Let's make that 100% clear. And again, it's a tragedy that that even needs to be said out loud. But sometimes in sports this day, it does. That said... There's going to be a basketball game played tonight, and Ben Simmons is not going to play in it. Monica, what do you expect? Oh, man, lots of scoring in this one. I think we will see, obviously, why Joel Embiid and James Harden have become one of the best two-man pairings in the league. And I'm not sure how the Nets are going to defend the size that Joel Embiid presents. Um, and then, not only do they need to defend it, they've got to figure out a way to defend without fouling. On the flip side, I think Kyrie is sort of locked in in a way that we see streaks of, 
And so I think that he's ready to rock and roll offensively. I think the Nets have a way of moving the basketball. And people, I don't know if people remember, Seth Curry and Patty Mills as 40% three-point shooters, they open up the floor a tremendous amount for KD and Kyrie to go to work. But the size, obviously, that Joel Embiid has contends. So it's not sexy, but for me, which one of these teams can figure out a way to get key defensive stops down the stretch, especially considering the performance that the Brooklyn Nets put up defensively versus the Charlotte Hornets coming into this one? You know, Wendy, let's talk about Kyrie a minute. He's coming off his best game as a net and, and one of the best games we've ever seen. He had 50 points on what was it, 19 shots? <laughs> 15 of 19. So he and, and a bunch of threes. So he's, but here's the thing. When I did this graphic uh, over the weekend on um, NBA Countdown, he had seven games left yeah. in the season that he was eligible to play. I think that's down to like five or four now. So because to your point, or you made this point in our meeting, but I'll, I'll make sure the audience realizes it. The ACC tournament is in Barclays yeah. right now in, in the mm-hmm. Nets home arena. So they're on this long road trip. So they're going to finish with a ton of home games. So Kyrie is basically going to go into hibernation, uh, professionally speaking, uh, before the playoffs begin. So this feels like an important game tonight yeah. for them to set some sort of a tone. I, I, the Nets have five road games left, but one of them is at the Knicks. Kyrie can't play. Anymore. Can't play. So four. So after I think this. it's four after this, and this is a huge Kyrie moment. I mean, let's you know, I want to frame it. He's played in, in finals games, stuff like that. But this is a moment for Kyrie to strike a blow. You know, the break between the Nets and James Harden was a large part due to the break between Kyrie and James Harden. So I'm not saying that it's necessarily mono and mono, but it is definitely a moment for Kyrie to send a message, and he is red hot. He has played a couple of games in the last three weeks where he has been awesome. There was a game in Milwaukee uh, two weeks ago, and the Nets had they'd lost like 15, 13 out of 15. He went into Milwaukee, outplayed Giannis. So he has been thriving recently. Mm-hmm. Huge moment for him. I'm not saying he's got to put up another giant scoring number, but he's got to have a big game to validate the direction that has led to this moment. Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. Save when you bundle auto, home, or motorcycle insurance. Visit Progressive.com. I, I just counted it, and you are correct. Monica, I just, let's just all allow ourselves to wrap our heads around this. Mm-hmm. Today is March 10th. The season ends April 10th. So there was a month, a 31-day month, before the season ends. And Kyrie Irving is eligible to play four games uh-huh. the rest of the way. Can they possibly, and somewhere in that, they're going to be working in Ben Simmons. I mean, can they possibly, Vegas still has them as the favorites to win the East. Can they possibly figure out a way to make that work? Greeny, I have evolved in my thought process on this because I was one that genuinely believed that the the continuity would suffer a great deal with Kyrie's situation and that would be an impediment. I I don't know that I'm sold that it will moving forward. Yes, he has four games, but when we talk about the sample size of what he's been able to do, his basketball – acumen, KD's basketball acumen, the way that those role guys kind of just seamlessly know what to do when Kyrie's in the game, it hasn't been as brittle as I thought it would be in terms of having him on the floor. And you cannot deny the star power and what he brings when he's playing. So can they get hot at the right time? I believe so, because again, winning a championship is about going on a run. Now I understand, Wendy, the East is different than it was last year, But it's about going on a run, and can they maintain that sort of hot streak? And you insert Ben Simmons, who to me, I get it, 34% in the playoffs from the free throw line last year. Like, is he a liability? But if he's able to defend at all five positions the way that he's capable of and can push the ball off of a defensive rebound, I'm not worried about him late in games because he shouldn't be taking any clutch shots.
I feel like making a bet on the Nets to win the East right now is almost one of the most irresponsible things you could do with money. <laughs> because how do you know whether Kyrie is going to be able to play? And you're not even getting a good price. It'd be mm. one thing if it was like, well, there's value here because Kyrie is going to get to play. Um, so if Kyrie can play all the games, yeah, I, that's, a, that's, a, that's a hat being taken off to Durant and Kyrie's greatness. How do I know? I mean, I'm seeing, like, like Woj is saying, I believe it was on NBA Today yesterday, Woj is saying the Nets are still optimistic that this is going to get worked out. And I'm like... And by, to be clear, by this, you mean the, the vaccine mandate that Kyrie and his is, ability to play yes, home games. That Kyrie, that's going to be figured out. Woj knows what he's talking about. But I'm looking at going, how? The, with, with the statements that Eric Adams, the mayor, has made, it's going to be very difficult. So if that does get happen, then I have it as a different conversation. Mm-hmm. And if, look, remember when, when, when LeBron went to the finals four years in a row with the Cavs? There were some series in there that were just laughable. I mean, the one year the Cavs went 12-1 and one yeah. through yeah, the East. You're right. They're going to have to win maybe two play-in games. But okay, maybe they're on the road, and that's going to be Kyrie. Then they're going to have to win a real series against either likely either the one or two seed. That's the first round. Then the second round, you're looking at possibly Milwaukee, who's a defending champ, who I know was tight with you last year, but I love Milwaukee's situation, especially with home court advantage. Then you got to get whoever, you know, through whoever's left on the, in the bracket. I just think without certainty about Kyrie's availability, it's insane to think that the Nets could do it forgetting even about the chemistry and continuity issues. Greeny and Wendy and Monica McNutt in the studio with me here. Let's make this Straight Talk brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless as we change quickly the topic to the Lakers. We spent a lot of time on this this morning on Get Up. They lose an overtime game last night to the Rockets. Give me the numbers again. The Rockets came in losing how many games? 13 out of 14. And they were playing? No Christian Wood, who's arguably their best offensive player. And and they beat the Lakers last night. And the only game the Lakers have won since the All-Star break they needed 56 points from LeBron James to do it. I mean, Monica, because they're the Lakers mm-hmm. and because he's LeBron, I feel like on my show and many others, we keep saying, well, if this happens, and if do we have to just come to terms with the fact this team stinks and they're just bad? Uh, yes, I think we need to come to those terms. The big ifs to me are when you start talking playoffs because of who LeBron is. But similar to what you just mentioned about the Nets, Wendy, they would have to win two. And I am now at this point more concerned about durability, stamina, energy, win two tough playing games, and then get to a first-round series. We saw literally that 56, next game he was out with a knee. And so it's not just LeBron being older. I think if there were a bunch of young guys around him, that would be one thing. But Melo, Russ, like the whole thing has just not been a good fit all season. And it's a weird thing because even though they're a bad team, they are still a team with a target on their back. So for the Rockets, that was huge. For OKC, who maybe we should have credited way earlier in the mm-hmm. year for pointing out that things were amiss in L.A., that's a big deal. And so they still get teams the best shot, and they're just not up to par. Straight talk, wireless, no contract, no compromise. So what does he do? Wendy, again, for those who don't know, I mean, you, you've basically been covering LeBron since he was in high school. He's always gotten himself out of bad spots yeah. one way or another, and I'm not sure he's ever been in a spot quite this bad. What does he do? Yeah, so I've talked in the past about the way LeBron gives teams what I've called organizational fatigue, <laughs> where they exhaust themselves trading, upgrading, trying to put a team around him. His first time in Cleveland, they, the last three or four years, they, they traded all these picks. They dragged themselves to the finish line with like 
an over-the-hill Shaquille O'Neal, an over-the-hill Antoine Jamison, an over-the-hill Ben Wallace. He left. He goes to Miami. They trade all these picks. They get to the, the end there after four years. It's like they, they lose that game to the Spurs and like half the Heat retired. Like two guys pretty much announced <laughs> their retirement. Two, I, I never, I've never been in a locker room like this. I go in, Ray Allen, yeah, I think I'm retiring. Oh, let's walk five <laughs> feet down. Shane Battier, I'm retiring. And then there was a couple other guys who ended up being their last game. So like organizational fatigue. They're just exhausted from the pressure of LeBron. Back to Cleveland, four years. They traded seven first-round picks. That team, that, you know, at the end, you know, Kyrie breaks off. They get to the end. They're like relying on Jeff Green to help mm. them get there, mm-hmm. okay? Four years, organizational fatigue. Pull the ripcord. Los Angeles, four years, all these picks. But he left banners in the wake. Right. It's a grand bargain. So it's like a, going to college. After four years, it's, 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 they're fatigued. They're worn out. Yeah. They've traded everything. And in the past, LeBron's been young enough and his team's been mobile enough that he's been able to, to pivot. That pivot isn't here. He has one year left on his contract. They have nothing they can really trade of huge value. The most important thing for them to do is trade Westbrook. He has next to no trade value. It is going to take a Herculean effort and some luck to get this team out of it, and I'm not sure that Rob Polinka has shown the ability to really execute under that kind of duress. It's going to be a fascinating summer. I remind everyone, they began the season as the favorites in Vegas in the Western Conference. Guys, this was great today. Thank you so much. Monica, Wendy, thanks for hanging around. Extra here. We will see you guys soon. You know, you could try the $45 Silver Unlimited plan from Straight Talk Wireless with Nationwide 5G on America's best networks. Straight Talk Wireless, no contract, no compromise. See terms and conditions at straighttalk.com. 5G-capable device required. Actual availability coverage and speed may vary. Coming up, Hembo has a startling theory about two NFL quarterbacks, and candidly, I think I agree with it. You'll hear it next. This is Greeny on ESPN Radio. Greeny, the podcast. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. The assembled members of the Hashtag crew are here, Bubba, Hembo, and Nuno. But more importantly than that, uh, our beloved Diana Rossini has hung around after doing Get Up With Us this morning. Hello again, Diana. Hello. I always feel the love when I come on this uh, show. So I uh, would like to nominate you guys as my family and kick my family to the curb because they do not show this much love to me. I can tell you that. <laughs> you don't know me very well. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we have actually, I'm, I'm going to utilize you in a variety of different ways today, if I may. And sure. one of them is I've been trying to work with Hembo here. He is a, a newly married man and his understanding of marriage and uh, his role in it, 
sometimes I find just startlingly naive. And um, I've been trying to work with him, but I feel you'll be able to assist me in that. So we're going to get to that. Great. But let's start with some actual football conversation here. Uh, Our lead story this morning on Get Up was Carson Wentz going to Washington. How did that happen? Why did it happen? And maybe most importantly for the purposes of this show, as you talk to people around the league, what did they think of the deal? Well, let's just start with the fact that the Washington commanders were, were almost desperate, essentially, to, to get a quarterback and to, to get one that has experience. Uh, Ron Rivera, very transparent with the media, actually, in the last month or so, saying we are calling all 32 teams to see who is open because they know they need to make an upgrade there. So they weren't going to get Aaron Rodgers. Rodgers did not want to play in Washington. Russell Wilson did not want to play in Washington. He wanted to play with the Denver Broncos. Next up in, in the eyes of Washington – was Carson Wentz and there were other suitors based on the conversations I had with the indie side of all this that were interested in trading for Carson Wentz but in the end Washington was willing to give the most which we now know um, on top of the fact that they're taking on his full 28 million dollar contract which is a bargain in my opinion for a starting quarterback uh, with the experience that Carson Wentz has and so um, you know I think Washington feels they did well in this and, and when you look at their offense, it's not as uh, good, so to speak, as Indy in terms of their offensive line, their run game. We know there's no Jonathan Taylor in Washington, but they've got some fast receivers and their run game is pretty good. And if their defense can look the way it did two, from what we saw two seasons ago, I, th- they could be good. Here's the question on Carson Wentz. No one has ever questioned the talent. And Hembo, of course, is a Philadelphia fan, and, and he was hip to Carson Wentz being the problem, or at least you were, uh, you were feeding me numbers constantly suggesting that he was the problem before most people were talking about that in Philly. And your feelings on Carson Wentz are fair. At this point, would you boo Carson Wentz or Ben Simmons more loudly? Yes. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> That's the right answer. So here's the thing. Carson Wentz is a bargain. As a starting quarterback, if he is indeed a good starting quarterback. Yes. But here's the, here's the problem. And Hembo, I will give you the floor quickly on this. A phrase that has become commonly used now is force multiplier, which is to say someone comes in and makes everybody else better. Tom Brady walks in the door and makes everybody else better. Carson Wentz, it feels like, has become a force divider, which is to say he walks in and it just doesn't work. And I don't know him personally. I've, I've met him in my life maybe twice. I'm not making a value judgment about a human being based on anything other than what I've seen and what I've heard. But Hembo, it feels like Indy was willing to do anything to get him out the mm. door, and they don't even have a plan B. They're, basically, their plan was anything is better than this. What does that tell us? I mean, us? the Eagles won five more games than they did last year, and the Colts won two fewer and Carson Wentz is the common denominator there. So we don't have to... You often say, like, pay no attention to what people say. Pay attention to what they do. So let's just look at what the, these, these teams have done. Over the course of two off-seasons now, the Eagles and Colts will have paid him nearly $50 million to play for a different team. And the Colts traded Carson Wentz before the Eagles even used the first-round pick that they, that they acquired for trading him. That's how badly they wanted him out of Indianapolis. There was a really good article yesterday in The Athletic that detailed sort of how it all went wrong in Indy. And it was not even half to do with his play on the field. Like, they just were done with him, the guy, as much as they were him, the quarterback. And, and, and that, I think that's the interesting piece of this, Diana, which is that um, Wentz, I thought that 
this was going to be his last shot. Like, I thought Indy was his best chance to resurrect himself. I'm a little surprised he gets another opportunity where they're handing him the starting job. He's walking yeah. in there as the starting quarterback, right? So yep. this is really it. He's got one more shot to resurrect what looked at one point like a very promising career. Well, first off, big shout out to former Jets and Browns head coach Eric Mangini. He is the first person I ever heard use force multiplier. He okay. started that years ago, actually on ESPN. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, and I love the term because it's true. When you think about the great ones, they do make the ones around them that much better. And, and, I don't know if Carson Wentz is a force multiplier at this point, but I think there's enough people in the league um, who who believe that he still has a lot of talent if he can just work on that decision-making, the timing. Uh, you know, Tim Hasselbeck, our colleague, was talking about it today. N- nobody's questioning that, his ability. It's just going to be his ability as a leader. And we haven't really reported much on on the facts of that, and sometimes those, that's a hard topic to cover, yeah. right? Because it's 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 very subjective of, of if you like this person or not. But based on how this ended, with perhaps maybe they don't have a plan, the fact that they were willing to just trade away Carson Wentz, I think kind of tells you how they feel about him. At least the owner of the of the Colts. And look, it could have been the COVID thing when you remember Carson Wentz was not vaccinated, right? Jim Mercer was very frustrated by that. Um, and, and I do think the way they lost, and, and I, I do think it's unfair to pin it on Carson Wentz as to why they lost to the Jacks, because I don't think there, there were a lot of players on that team that did not play well that game. But we know how the business goes. Someone has to take the blame. All right. Greeny here with Diana in our studio. It's time to say goodnight to that check engine light with the free AutoZone Fix Finder service. It'll help troubleshoot the likely cause of your light for free so you can drive with peace of mind. Restrictions apply. Get in the zone with AutoZone. And, and, and this was a plan conversation that we had before we knew Diana was going to be able to be with us. But Hembo presented a theory to me <laughs> in our office today. And and I'm I'm just interested to hear everyone's perspective on it, not Diana, sure. but everyone's perspective on it about so so the Colts are probably or they may replace Carson Wentz with Jimmy Garoppolo. Okay, that is not at least in every way an upgrade. But Hembo has a theory about why this will be perceived the way it'll be perceived. Diana, here's my theory. Okay, if Carson Wentz looked like Jimmy Garoppolo, he would still be. The Colts starting quarterback. In other words, if you're a if you're a beautiful person that plays badly, it's different than if you're a uh, not so beautiful person that plays badly. I'm a numbers guy, you know that. Yes. Carson Wentz's numbers last year across the board were better than Jimmy Garoppolo's numbers, and yet we're Carson Wentz was literally given away, casted off. And now Jimmy Garoppolo might be his replacement. So what Hembo is suggesting, and let me bring in, I want to make it clear. We're not just throwing this at Diana. Uh, let me bring in Bubba on this because Bubba, look, Bubba is a person. Any of you have ever seen him, you're aware. Bubba's a person who has always been viewed differently because he's so handsome. I mean, it's not easy to do. But when you look the way Jimmy Garoppolo does or Bubba does, like people just have a different perspective on you and had different expectations from you. Do you think Jimmy Garoppolo is perceived to be better than Carson Wentz because he's so handsome? Yes or no, Bubba? No, that's a ridiculous theory. <laughs> that's that's just absurd. It's just uh, Hembo hating on our old friend Wentz there. No, no. I, look, I, Diana, help me with this. I actually think he's right. Look, Carson Wentz looks just like Prince Harry. He does. And Jimmy Garoppolo looks just like a Disney prince. Looks like Aladdin. Aladdin, exactly. Like he should be singing "I Can Show You the Absolutely. World." Absolutely. And I think that people we do look. 
we live in a world where I think appearance <laughs> does matter. We try and pretend sometimes that it doesn't. I think that people do view him differently because he's so good looking. Absolutely. For five years, my mom wanted me to be the Jasmine to his Aladdin. She kept saying, <laughs> why do you keep asking that guy football stuff? Give him your number. Talk to him. I'm like, mom, there's standards here in, in journalism. While I appreciate this was back in the day when she was trying to marry me off basically to anybody, but she spotted him and, and it became a thing where – she can only name one person in the entire league, and that's Jimmy Garoppolo because of how absolutely stunning he is. And I've obviously been in front of him many of times, and, and he's one of those people when you're around, you do get insecure, or at least I do as a woman, that, that the person I'm looking at is much more beautiful than I am uh, by, by far. Uh, it's not even close. But what I actually think is, is valid is the likability factor. One thing about Jimmy Everybody loves him. Yeah. And in terms of his teammates, and I'm not just saying just because they think I think because that's because he's, he's so handsome. handsome. Yes, absolutely. I think it's because he's so handsome. Well, I, I really do. By the way, it's so funny, the standards here. More men talk about Jimmy's looks yeah. than any females yeah. in the media. Like, yeah. Because it'll be viewed differently if I you say it. it. I get I it. You, get, like, I get it, right. right? And that's why I wanted to make it clear. We're not having this conversation because you're here. Hembo said this to me in the office this morning, and we agreed we should do this on the show. You just happened to be sitting Absol- here. Oh, no, no. It's great. I, I'm I, the one who's distracted by his handsome. That's head. my point. You guys are all insane. You guys all just have, like, hearts in your eyes every time. Max Kellerman's the worst. He wants Jimmy on every team because I think he's in love with him. And, and I understand that. But I do think the reaction – let's say Jimmy went to Washington – and we spent a lot of time today on He'd be up. elected president. He, he if Jimmy Garoppolo would. went to Washington, he would be elected to office before they won a game. He, that, that's what uh, the people just treat you differently. Take it from me. I know. I've looked like this my whole life. <laughs> people just have different expectations from you and, and you get away with stuff. Okay. Anyway, that was it was kind of fun, but kind of serious. Uh, Hembo said it to me, and I actually think I agree. <laughs> uh, this is Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance at Progressive. They're making things even easier. They'll help you bundle your home and car insurance together. So you can save on both. Learn more at Progressive.com or 1-800-PROGRESSIVE. One more thing very quickly while I have you here, Diana. So one of the things that's become very popular on this radio show, a sort of a staple, if you will, is Hembo's naivete. So you've been married how long now? Two years. Uh, Two years. And, And all of us at ESPN know his wife, Lizzie, who works here. And um, but that is neither here nor there for the purposes of this. So I've been married 25 years. I know my way around this area. Hembo asks me questions sometimes in the morning that I just cannot believe. So let me give you an example. Their anniversary was coming up. And Hembo said to his wife, Lizzie, would you like me to get you a gift? And she said, no, don't get me a gift. And I said, what you must understand, when she says, no, don't get me a gift, what she means is, yes, please get me a gift. And she's merely saying that because she doesn't want you to get her a gift because she said so. Absolutely. Is there any of this that I'm getting wrong? Well, what you're missing is not only does she want a gift, but she wants flowers, dinner reservations, and perhaps a night in a hotel room in Manhattan. Mm -hmm. Um, You you have to read between the lines. We're never going to just say, this is what we want. This is (sighs) the way the females are made up. We want you to be the romantic, the man that loves us deep down into our souls and, and then takes the time to be creative enough to come up with something that's just going to not only make us happy, but feel us like the most loved woman in the world. Okay. And, and it's got to have been your idea is the point. You cannot say, do you want me to get you a gift, you schmuck? Okay, next. <laughs> next. Let, wait, wait, wait. 
They've got a house, right? They buy a new house in New Jersey. They're very excited. They're first, a first-time homeowner, right? That's right. I remember when we bought our first house. Super exciting day. So now they're planting stuff, right? They've got some flowers out front of the house that have been planted. And Lizzie goes out and buys some mums. And she says to Hembo, what do you think of the mums that I planted? And you responded with what? I think they're redundant. I know what the issue is. It just hit me. Because Hembo and I have something in common, which is my husband's from Philly. And this isn't a a personal thing for him. This is just, if you're from Philly, you do not have the ability to just maybe perhaps say what people need and want to hear. I remember minutes after I gave birth to my first child, I looked over at Kevin, my husband, and I said, do I look as exhausted as I feel? He said, you look like you've been through it. <laughs> I just gave, his, gave birth to his beautiful son. Why not just lie to me? And by the way, a natural birth. Uh-huh. Like, and I did it in 33 minutes. I pushed for 33 minutes. That's nothing. Yeah. Right? I'm the... Just lie. Just say, baby, you look great. Yes. You've never looked more beautiful. Exactly. This is a miraculous moment that we have just shared, and I have never seen you look more beautiful or loved you more. I have been married a little less than than Hembo has been with Liz, and I I think the biggest issue that we have is his is the same thing that sounds like you do, which is the inability to just tell me sometimes what I need to hear. Lie to me. Just lie to me. And listen, it's not only that. Yesterday... Yesterday, you know, every single day we do get up, oh. as you know, you're part of this. You do the show with us all the time. Not this. We do get up and then we slide over here and 60 seconds later I say back and better than ever and we're doing this show. And in the first commercial break of this show, I almost always will turn to Hembo and I will say, what'd you think of the TV show this morning? You know, because you know what it's like when you're sitting up here. You don't know how it's being perceived no by everybody. Like we get, so I've always said sometimes the people on the show are the worst judges of how the show actually went. So yesterday, I say to him, I thought we had a particularly good show yesterday because it was a big day, the Rogers news, the yeah. Russell news, everything. So I'd say to Hembo, what'd you think of the TV show today? And he says, the second hour was excellent. Now, if he had said that, what would the first thought you had have been? Well, what was wrong with the first hour? Oh, God! And he's mad at me for that being my reaction. He's like, no, no, no. I just mean the second hour was particularly good. He's a schmuck. He doesn't understand the way these things work. Diana, help me. Yeah, sometimes a little bit of a white lie can get you very, very far in relationships, whether they're at work or they're at home. It sounds like you need a little training on a little fibbing. So (laughs) we're going to work on this with you around the studio. Every time I see you, I'm just going to put you to test. Let me ask you a question. Sure. If I told you I thought you looked great today. Mm Mm-hmm. Would your first thought be, do I not always look great? No, I would be like, thank you so much. Now I feel, I feel See, wonderful. I've all the, the wrong analogy. He tried this again yesterday. That's Darn it. not it. it the, <laughs> How the, about this? Like, you know, I obviously care about my content. If mm-hmm. you said to me today, Di, your inside info on the show really raised it up a level. Mm-hmm. Really. Uh, I, I, like to me, that even if you were lying, that, that would be something that would make me want to not only come back to the show, but be even better when I'm here next Thursday. But if she asked you, how did I, I was, she was on the show every day okay. last week mm-hmm. or, and, 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 you know, had, and said, how did you think my content was last week? And you said, I thought you were terrific Tuesday. Mm. That is the equivalent of what we're talking now, about. Now, I personally thought the stats that you texted me during the show today were a little weak. I wasn't very strong when I was talking about the Denver Broncos going up against the Seattle roster. That's the truth. Would I ever say that to you? No. What did I say to you? Thanks for helping me. I didn't really win the argument with Bart. I think I wish I was a little bit better. 
but thanks anyway. There you go. <laughs> now, okay, I'm so delighted that we did this. Diana, thank you. I need. I kept you extra time here today. Thank you very much, as always. The best to Kevin and little Mikey, my namesake, uh, back in the house. Okay, uh, Bubba, I'm going to push the read here. We'll come back. I didn't get to any of the things I've planned so far, and I'm delighted for it. We'll get to the baseball and more in just a moment. This is Greeny on ESPN Radio. Greeny, the podcast. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Greenie today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Greenie, G-R-E-E-N-Y. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. I'm ready to go right now. Green light, green light. with Greeny. I'm going to give Hembo a quick green light on this morning after. Baseball canceled two more series and they are working their way forward. Where do we stand as of this moment, Hembo, with the baseball labor negotiations? Honestly, it sort of feels like we're right back where we started because. Major League Baseball creates these sort of artificial deadlines. They, it seems both sides throw in stuff late to try and <laughs> uh, trick the other, for lack of a better term. And then we wind up when we started. Yesterday, for the first time in like two months, we started reading about how much the international draft mattered, something that we knew we could have talked about for the last two years. And the fact that that's like sort of where we are three weeks before opening day was supposed to be, I think sort of tells us all we need to know about where the, where the relationship is and how badly either side wants to make it For happen For people right who now. don't follow this closely, mm-hmm. what is the fight over an international draft? Major League Baseball wants one, frankly, because it's going to allow them to pay less money towards international players. And the players don't want that for that very same reason. But we're talking about like on the long list of things that both sides are arguing about, something pretty low on the list. Like I said, I mean, this has been a thing for the last couple months if you've been following it really closely, but not before yesterday to become like at the center of the conversation. And now we miss more games, and that seems to be the biggest reason why. Let's just make clear what we're talking about. As of this moment, American high school players and college players are eligible for the baseball draft that we've all known for years and years and years. Players who are playing in other countries are not eligible for the draft, and so you have to sign them, and they are essentially free agents, and they can command basically whatever they want to command, whereas if you put those players into a draft, they would be slotted in in some way, in the same way that everybody else is, and thus it saves the owners money and doesn't drive up salaries for everybody else. That's exactly right. Now, David Ortiz yesterday 
yesterday, Fernando Tatis Jr. yesterday came out publicly and said this would be a terrible thing for international players. I heard that players that were on the, uh, on the union side were like calling Latin players like on the fly asking for their opinions, almost like they were unprepared for this moment, which is bizarre that they're so disorganized this late in the game. Like I, I feel like you're giving me a root canal right now. Like the fact that we're talking about this at all is ridiculous. Like the, like I have long believed that baseball was so beautiful and so uh, enduring that like nothing anyone could do could like ruin it. <laughs> that theory is being tested right now because these boardrooms that these people are meeting in, this is like where they've become like, um, like a mausoleum where baseball has gone to die. Like I've, every time I have to read about this, it makes me cringe. And that's as someone who loves the sport and obviously loves covering it now. And then the last note I saw yesterday suggested that they are canceling games through April 14th, which is a very significant day because April 15th will be the 75th anniversary of the day Jackie Robinson played his first game. So I have to believe that the 75th anniversary day was going to be a day of enormous celebration and all kinds of fully appropriate uh, pomp and circumstance, whatever the right word is, all sorts of ways of commemorating, you know, the anniversary of the most important day in the history Mm -hmm. of the sport. But they're going to cancel it now, right? I mean, there's that, that game's not getting played. They're not figuring this thing out in the next week or however often it is that they go out and chop the next week or so off the schedule. I think you're right. So for the last two weeks, I think the, the leverage has been in the hands of the owners because the owners have been comfortable missing early April games as it's, as it's been made very clear. But April 15th is the line in the sand where the leverage point changes. Are the owners, is Major League Baseball going to be willing to allow the world to celebrate Jackie Robinson's 75th anniversary and them not do so? That would be a, to me, that would be stunning. Like, I think for, for Major League Baseball to miss two weeks, if we do have, have, if we have opening day on April 15th, I think by and large, most of the nonsense, for lack of a better term, that's happened over the last month or so will soon be forgotten. If we miss that, it will be humiliating for the sport. Yeah, because it's also something that people who are not traditional sports shows will pick up on. Yeah. Which is, you know, opening day will come and go. You know, and I'm just saying that the CNNs of the world uh, will cover it, obviously. Mm-hmm. And a lot, of, a lot of the national talk shows won't even barely touch on it. Um, we'll cover it here. And, but I'll just use CNN as a, as, a, as a placeholder. They won't do much with that. Today was the day the baseball season was supposed to start. They'll report that, but they won't have outraged, you know, guests on to talk about mm. how terrible this is. April 15th comes around, and today is the anniversary, the 75th. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a year that ends in a five. It's the 75th anniversary of Jackie breaking the color barrier. Th- then, then I think now all of a sudden the CNNs of the world have guests on talking about how horrible this is. So I agree with you. That's a big day. There, there is... That was baseball's greatest day. Of that, there's no question. And I, I mean, I work at ESPN, and so I'm on meetings and calls, and I know all the cool stuff that we have planned for it. And I'm sure Major League Baseball has all sorts of things that they had planned for it. I can't think of a more humiliating thing if we don't get to celebrate that anniversary on that day because we're squabbling over the international draft. It obviously isn't just the international draft. Of course, that draft, was just the latest in the long line. Yes, that, that is the latest straw man argument that they're making up for how these millionaires and billionaires try and divide up the billions of dollars that Major League Baseball generates in revenue. 
It's frustrating. We've got a huge hour coming your way. Stay with us. This is Greeny on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio and see it with the video on ESPN+. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcast.